I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. Lindergaard making Morris backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. Hello and welcome to the Glovers cast, the day after Ben Barrett's first defeat of the season, first goal conceded of the season. Um, here to talk about that is, of course, Mr. David Coates. Hello, yes. I look forward to talking about what Ben thought about that. <laughs> and Ben, the, oh. the harbinger of goals conceded. I, yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, my fault, I think. Well... Maybe, kind of. <laughs> You're probably a better place to talk about it than I am. I think. I, I think I've got enough credit in the bank for all the uh, all the clean sheets I kept as a as a as a as a watcher <laughs> on a. It's fine. You have to give me that one. You can have it. You can Thanks. have it. Um, how are we doing? How we how we how have we handled defeat today? What have we been up to? We done anything exciting? I know Ben's been walking on eggshells for most of the day. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a quiet household at. Uh, at, uh, at at Barrett HQ, I, I came back from Chesterfield last night, and the, that room, the, the place was uh, unkept. The dishes weren't done. It was it was quiet. It was unnecessarily quiet. And I thought, oh God, something's happened here. And it had, heaven forbid, Marcello Bielsa had been sacked. It was as if we'd lost a member of the family. You're going to have to point out here that your wife is a massive Leeds fan, aren't you? Yes. Yeah, for yes. anyone who didn't know. <laughs> They're just wondering exactly. why why is everyone so upset about this in Ben's house? Yeah, so it's been a it's been a it's been a weird day. 
Jen's been, uh, yeah, a bit quiet. It's been, uh, it's been weird, a bit weird. But I've been at work for most of it today, so I've avoided most of the pain. What you can't see is Ben has a cricket bat behind him, which we're not sure whether that's for self-defence or not, but could well be used. <laughs> I think it's too far away to get quickly. Yeah. I know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> bring, bring it closer, bring it closer. Yeah, oh, yes. well, I watched the uh, the League Cup uh, or Carabao Cup final and uh, watched two uh, very good teams uh, fail miserably to score goals. So, you know, much like my Saturday night, really. But... <laughs> One team. Great one. penalties, though, <laughs> right up to the last one. But, uh, yeah, some great penalties. Yes. Sounds they good. need I Grant mean... Smith in goal. He can take a good penalty rather than Kepa Ariza Balaga. <laughs> yeah, and I, uh, I I, didn't break into Glastonbury Festival site, but I found a way. We found a way down into the Glastonbury Festival site and had a nice little mooch around. Yeah. And then we uh, went to this great pub called the... Um, Oh, uh, no, what's it called? The Who'd Have Thought It In oh, in okay. Glastonbury. And so I had a roast dinner. The missus had a Stilton and burger, Stilton on beef burger. And Freddie had sausage, chips and peas. It's wow. Cool. It's a great yeah. pub. It's really good. Quite quiet there as well, but like lots of nice decor and a bit quirky, as most places in Glastonbury are. Other we... mid-Somerset pubs are available. I'm going to say, are we sponsored by this pub? Or well, no, are, you, not... are you trying to sell the seats or something? Not yet, but hopefully someone from there is listening and <laughs> can uh, do the deed. <laughs> so, yeah, let's talk about the football, shall we? I watched from the comfort of my sofa, having not made the trip up. You guys made the trip down. Is it down across. for you or across? Across and down. Or down and across. <laughs> Just down for me. Just, Just down. down for me. Just down. Um, who should we start with? Who wants to go first? Let Ben go first. He's the professional. And he did He did give me a wave. He promised he would give me a wave on Friday. Did you he shout, did. Barrett, Barrett, give us a wave? I, I didn't. No, I, I kind of saw him looking over and I saw Sheridan pointing and then I and then I waved wildly in the hope that they were looking at me and I didn't just look like some madman. So, yeah. <laughs> did you achieve that? Did he achieve that, Ben? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. He didn't look like Definitely. a madman. No, oh. I wasn't. I'm, I'm, I wasn't pointing at him though. We were waving at Pat Custard. Must be said. Oh yeah, she was handing yeah. out Ferrero Rossi, and she missed me out. I think deliberately. <laughs> but there we go. Well, yeah. I yeah, fine, good. Pat being a legend as per usual. So yeah, let's, let's talk about some football because it was really good, really rubbish, really frustrating, really exciting, really rubbish, really brilliant, really terrible, all at the same time. Wasn't it? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think we, without going into the old game of two halves cliche, uh, the first half was reasonably good quality. I thought. I thought we played much better than Chesterfield. We should have been two 0 up before they scored their goal. More. Um, you think more? Yeah, I think we should have been. I think we had chances to create more chances as well. I think yeah, I mean if, there was if the way three went up, it would have been fine. There was a one where Loach and Wake the ball didn't quite carry to Loach and Wakefield got in there and yeah, there. Didn't he, yeah. yeah. Um Tom Knowles, I mean the Tom Knowles spectacular strike. I mean, that's got to be amazing to go in. So it's sort of a 
half chance, really, isn't it? I don't know. It very nearly did go in. Mm. No, I know, I know. But from that position, he's got. It's got to be brilliant to go in, and it very it nearly did go in. But I don't count that as a. He should have scored. We should have been. Oh no! no, Okay, yeah, fine. We should have been up with that one. That was like Jesus Christ. Don't fall in love with footballers. How's he done that? Mm. Um, and then the Wilco one. But I thought, I don't know. I thought, I don't know what happened. That I, I guess their goal seemed to just take any sort of momentum or any sort of wind we had in ourselves out of it in the second half because we just didn't look anything like the team that we were in the first half, did we? No. Um, I think I think it's probably worth just going back on that first half a little bit more because it wasn't just those three moments. There was a Tom Knowles shot, sort of a, a trigger shot that kind of went through a couple of legs and just flicked the outside of the post and hit the side netting. There was another sh- another moment where Tom Knowles had the ball on his left foot and everyone wanted him to pull the trigger and he pulls it back on the right foot and then he gets almost um, crowded out and it doesn't quite fit. There's a, there's a corner where the ball falls to Josh Staunton, but he can't, it's a bit underneath his own feet and he has a pot shot and it's right down the keeper's throat. And honestly, a yard either side, he makes that good a connection for it. A yard either side and we score easy because it's just going too quickly. It just happens to be right down his throat. We have so many moments. There was a breakaway where Adi Yusuf gets the ball, tries to play it sideways almost to Charlie Wakefield and the ball isn't good enough and that's frustrating but we are we've created so many chances in that first 10 minutes Scott Loach didn't want to be there he was under so much pressure and we just kept saying put it under his nose every corner put it under his nose we had two corners that didn't beat the first man hugely frustrating early on especially that first one get it in make sure it's a good one it wasn't we created so, so many chances and it had a feeling, had a bit of the feeling of the Stockport game about it where we weren't giving them a second to think about it and they didn't know what to do. They didn't know what to do and their only option was Tom Whelan. It's all they had in that first half. And we were, we were pressing, we were harassing, we were decent on the ball up until the final third. We had chances, we made moments, we had chances to make more moments, we had moments to make more chances, and the ball just would (laughs) not go in. It was just so frustrating. And then and then the sucker punch. And it was, it was a sucker punch. And it, like you said, it just just completely flattened us. I I said to Sheridan on air, I said, I don't think you've said Kellerman's name all all half. I don't think he did anything. It's the same with um, Mandeville. Did nothing, did absolutely nothing. But it just popped up and it was one of them banana shots. It looks like it's going wide and then it comes back in. And, you know, I said, I think I said you could put Max Evans in there alongside Grant Smith and I'm not sure they'd save it. It just felt oh, frustrating. And it just, you could feel even, even just the three of us, me, Sharon and Sam, we all just kind of slumped back in our seats just to go, oh, here we go. It was just, just so unjust. So, so unjust. And it kind of, you know, changed everything on a six-month. So frustrating. Yeah, and I think the feeling in the way end was probably very similar to what you, you've just said there because, yeah, to, I mean, I, the Wilkinson one was obviously the other end of the pitch from, from where we were sat, but that looked like a good chance from there. It looked like the keeper had done 
better than he did. But yeah, yeah. Wilkinson should have. It, it almost seemed like he tried to hit it down, and on that terrible pitch of theirs, um, that presumably they furloughed the groundsman, they uh, it it, <laughs> it seemed to bounce up a lot higher than perhaps he anticipated that it would, and then you no know, give Lotes the opportunity to. To turn it over, doesn't it? But he should have just, yeah, he should have just put his foot through it, didn't it? But ah, uh, I don't know. I'm I think, um, I mean, <laughs> Wilco's probably one of our better technical players, yeah. and I think, I think I'd rather it fall to him than fall to Ada Yusuf in that yeah. position yeah. at points. But yeah, it almost looked like, like it went down as a save from the keeper, but I think it was going. It looked to me like it was going over the bar. Really. Anyway, so, maybe it was, it was, you know, it was hit with so it just like you said, it bounced up so yeah. high that he got something on it. Um, but it was just, yeah, a brilliant ball from Barney. I know I, yeah, I spotted his, his first couple of corners were a bit ropey. Um, but from those positions, his deliveries were pretty good. And that one, yeah, was, definitely, like that, that one could not have been any more perfect. Like, no. it was. They had they had some very clear tactics when attacking set pieces. They've clearly worked on it. I don't know whether it's been a thing that's been sort of the last couple of weeks, but they've clearly worked on some stuff. Ben Barkley pulled himself away from the line a little bit further back and right out to the far side. And he would cut almost across the defenders and head towards the near post. And it would just cause chaos because no one would know if they were marking their man or marking the man that's come across he was causing all kinds of trouble and it just gave, I think he, I think it, I haven't actually seen it back for the Wilkinson chance. I think he clatters or moves across into the path of the guy that's meant to be marking Wilkinson. And that gives Wilkinson the half a yard of space. So I think they've clearly worked on it. I noted it a couple of times that that was a very obvious tactic and a very obvious technique that they were going for. And, I actually called that down as an absolute worldie of a save because Scott Loach is heading down and he gets his arm up. So I th- I called that as a hell of a worldie of a save. But if it's not going in, then I take it back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Martin I think it was, yeah, I think it was, he got such a little bit of contact on it. That mm. I don't think it didn't enough to be like, it wasn't a goal stopping save. It just sort of helped it a little bit on its way, yeah. maybe. Um, but let's talk about the goal. Like, should I, should we have got out quicker to him? I think yeah. I've, I, I've, I, you know, it was a great hit, but I look at the, the way Barkley clears it, it's like a quite a, it's almost like a delicate pass out that he clears yeah. it. And then no one particularly gets. Staunton is right there, isn't he? Staunton yeah. is right there. And you just think if you want, if there's a player that you want to, you know, go in and not do something stupid in that position, it was almost like they thought, oh, well, I'll never score from there. Um, and, yeah, then it, like, and then he's hit one, and like Ben said, you know, you, you can't keep them, you can't yeah. keep those strikes out. I think you're right because when I look at how we defended against Solihull at points in the second half against Solihull, there was literally three or four of them lined up, throwing their bodies like in any direction to like close stuff down, and it just felt like in that like nanosecond, they no one was particularly switched on enough to think. Mm-hmm. We need to get out to this, and yeah, it feels it feels like that ball drops down for a nice, like you know, nicely for him to hit it. It feels like that lasts an eternity for him to sort of pick his spot almost. And yeah, it, I mean, it's a hell of a strike, and to to get it in that part of the net through the bodies, and um, 
in the corner was really good, but feels like maybe we could have done something. I wonder if I wonder if there was almost an expectation that Barkley doesn't make that kind of a contact that he actually he launches it and it hits it Rosette or he just leathers it and it's over the halfway line. It's almost a surprise that he hasn't quite caught it in yeah. the way that he would have wanted to. And suddenly split second goes by and it's oh crikey, he's on the ball and that's it. Split seconds all you need to, to shift the ball to where you want it and make a move. So yeah, hugely, hugely frustrating. You could just see everyone just go, oh, and the halftime whistle goes yeah. almost instantly. And yeah, what a sucker punch. What a sucker punch. Because it goes from, the halftime team talk goes from just keep doing what you're doing because you're doing brilliantly to, okay, now we need to try and force the issue. Yeah, And that became tougher and tougher as the second half wore on. Yeah, and their halftime team talk goes from, you know, teacups being thrown at the mm. wall to Jesus Christ, we've got away with one there, haven't we? And and yeah. you listen to their manager and their their fans after the game. They, they even with the second half, which I know we'll come on to, they felt like they got away with one um, there. And everything I've seen suggests that if we could uh, if we could score a goal, we'd have um, uh, we'd have won that game. But I'm getting a bit sick and tired of talking about the fact we can't score a goal. To be honest with you, it's all a bit boring and repetitive, isn't it? Like other things, but yeah, it is. It's so it's so so frustrating. And I think I said in my conclusions that it summed up basically the entire season. There's I think every, played some very good football and just didn't bloody score. <laughs> I, I think what makes it more frustrating is like two weeks ago we've signed fella. Um, he scores on Tuesday, and it's like we've got we seem to have a striker who can hit the back of the net, and then he's out injured and we're back to, you know. <laughs> if, if, if Fella was playing in that first half, we'd have been one yeah. or two nil up. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, without question. Without question for me. Because um, let's get it straight. And if any Chesterfield fans have stumbled back onto this podcast, I'm sorry for what I'm about to say, but Maguire and, and, and Grimes are absolute tosh. They are awful. They don't know what they're doing. There's no communication with Scott Loach at all. They're so easily pressed. There's so many errors in that back line. I, the only way Chesterfield go up is if they win the league because any kind of side with a half-decent striker in the playoffs puts about six past them. They're that bad at the back. Paul Cook makes all them out over time and he may come in and, and do exactly that. But it, that, that, I think, was half the frustration is that they, they were there for the taking. And that's what I talk about when I say about the, the, the Stockport game. We were forcing so many errors and at Stockport, we took them. We took the chances. Charlie Wakeford took his chance, took his speculative pot shot and hit his little corner there. And then we went and took those moments and forced the penalty and forced the third goal. We couldn't do it this time. We just couldn't finish that bit off at the end. And it was so, yeah, it was everything Stockport. That first half was everything that Stockport was just without the final touch. They had a ropey centre half as well, Stockport, didn't they? Do you remember him? What was his name? Ben, ben something. Yeah. Lloyd something Anyway, yes. So yeah, yeah, that's the that wasn't. Yeah. And then, I mean, the second half, it felt like the, the pitch just, I mean, the pitch is obviously going to get worse because people are running across it, but it just felt like no side, neither of us could get, neither team could get the ball under control or, or play any real quality of football. It just seemed to really depreciate. I think Chesterfield had a couple of moments where, um, 
they you know they they played a bit of nice stuff but i just felt like second half was it was a horrendous watch on telly yeah i think they i think they meant that yeah i think they knew that basically they were getting the run around and they thought the only way to really deal with this is to miss out the bits where we're getting the run around and just launch the football forward asante was a was a handful all game quigley was okay he was getting a bit physical and Maybe wasn't playing the Joe Quigley way that we saw, but then they brought Denton on, and he is a frigging unit. That guy, he literally head on a stick, isn't he? Unbelievable. So um, <laughs> reminds me of Jan Collar. Yeah, yes. yeah, he was a bit Jan Collar, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. So he, yeah, they they kind of made that quite deliberate. And what yeah. they tried to do was they tried to get the uh, the number three, what's his name, um, Miller. They tried to get him one on one with. Um, with Williams. Williams. He, he stayed on that side. He'd give Mark and Little a, a tough first half. He stayed on that side to take on Morgan Williams. And Whittle went to the other side. And they tried to get the fullbacks turned around. And they didn't, they, they weren't budging. <laughs> they weren't budging. Huge credit to both of them. They were not budging at all. And defensively, we were fine. I don't think they really ever caused us much hassle. I think Grant Smith makes one good save in the first half. Not sure he needs to make many more. He comes and claims a few crosses. He comes and gets in the way of a few people, but I don't think he ever has much to do. But on the flip side, we don't really look like troubling Scott Loach. Well, apart well, the uh, the Yusuf one was that was second half. Yeah, there was a there was a couple of Yusuf highlights in that second oh. half, wasn't there? There was a one where he seems to I don't know what he was trying to do to Charlie Wakefield, but oh that so. Oh. <laughs> I, I'm I'm not I'm not a great forward thinker in terms of like thinking ahead for what's about to happen, but I could see what was going. Charlie Lee passes him the ball. Charlie, Charlie Lee, not Charlie. Charlie Wakefield <laughs> is, passes him the ball and then runs towards him quite yeah. clearly to underlap him and go around the other side quite yeah. clearly. All Yusuf has to do is hold the ball for four seconds and then just keep it moving in the direction that it travelled from and just give it yeah. to him and let him go. And he somehow plays it back from where it came. And there's no one there. And there's no one running there. It is a five-yard pass that genuinely I think my son could make. And I have no idea how he gets it so damn wrong. Do you it's... think there was a... Do you think there's a thought in his head where he thinks, I'll give it back to him, then he can play me in? I've, I've no idea what he thinks. I've, I've no <laughs> idea what he's thinking. I've no idea. He's it not was... thinking. He's not thinking anything. No, no, it no. was uh, oh, I mean, a premium there, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I it, just it just makes no sense to me whatsoever. And, and Charlie uh, Wakefield, for the first time, for the first time, Charlie Wakefield, I saw him throw the arms up in the air, have a little stomp on the ground. He was genuinely frustrated because yeah. it was such a good chance. It was basically two, oh, on, two, two. on one, wasn't it? It, but was, it, was, it was a two on two, but what, what Wakefield was doing was running to the gap, basically away from one of them, making it a two on one. Yeah, that's why he was doing it. It's so obvious. Yeah. It's so damn obvious. What frustrated me was how long we persisted with Yusuf for. Yeah, I mean, he seemed to be on for far too long. I mean, I don't want to say that I'd rather play with ten men, but I've, I've, there were times in that first half and and second, well, the entire game where I just thought, are we better off 
<laughs> you know, him getting sent off like he did at Bournemouth. He was Mate. he was getting into people's faces. We did get a couple of free kicks off him, but he gave away as many as we got. Yeah. He was, yeah. A, honestly, I, I really don't like calling individuals out. I don't, because I know, we know people listen to this podcast. We know players listen. And I hate, I hate, I've always tried to give people benefits of the doubt. And I've said before, I don't know where I stand on Adam Yusuf. I do now. He's useless. Or he was, he was in that one game. Yeah. I can only really comment on the stuff that I've seen. But it was horrendous from start to finish. Honestly, if he misses out on the entire squad at the weekend, I don't care. Stick Toby Stevens on the bench. Don't care. Yeah, I, I mean, I have to... <laughs> I do wonder what what Ruben Reed has done or not done to be... <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, we, we're a bit tongue-in-cheek, aren't we, at moments, but... I just feel like he he gives us so much more, and I I get that we might want this, you know, a bit of rough and tumble with the defenders. But I mean, in that whole game, I think I remember Reed bringing the ball down from a goal kick and you know holding possession up near their eighteen yard box, and he did a lot more in that moment than Yusuf had done all game. And obviously, there's the the chance from the was that another delivery from Jordan Barnett that who puts the cross in that Reed Yeah I think you're right I think it was um, Barnett or was it Sonny to... was Sonny on then? I can't remember I can't but remember. it was there's yeah. a delivery it was, that... to, it was harder to miss. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand <laughs> I don't understand and what's what's more frustrating for me I've watched it back Scott Loach fumbles the ball. Mm. He actually has yeah. a second grab at it. Yeah. And Yusuf has stood right there and doesn't try and stab it in at the second time. It's fine if it just hits you. It hits you and goes towards the keeper. Fine. You weren't anticipating it. That's your fault. But at least you've made contact and it's gone in the right direction. To not react and try and stab the thing home for the second one. It's practical. Uh, it's, oh, it's so frustrating. There's no excuse for that either. That's just striker's instinct. That's a guy that hasn't, it, honestly, he's got a football brain like a man that hasn't slept in six months. Could be that, couldn't it? <laughs> it's so yeah. frustrating. It, it really, really is. Yeah. And I think, I mean, the thing that dawned on me the most was obviously we uh, we always watch the Oval with extremely green-tinted spectacles. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we've talked about uh, can we make the playoffs and all this sort of stuff, haven't we, over the course of the season as the clock feels like it's ticking down. But... Yesterday on on BT, they were very much. I mean, Yeovil aren't going to go down. They're not going to make the playoffs. It was like so matter of factly that it's like, you know, we are a mid a middling team, and I mean, I think we kind of know that. We do. I feel like, I feel like I knew that, and that was what we've expected this season. But you know. Are we a bit delusional at points when we think, oh, it's only this many games off the playoffs? I mean, the the, the neutrals in the the neutrals who watch the National League, who cover the National League, have, you know, they're they've got us, they've got us as our season is over and done with now, really. But they don't cover the Somerset Premier Cup, obviously. <laughs> um, <laughs> and the other thing that I laughed a bit at was um, at one point, like this is how clued up Matt Smith is. He calls Joe Quigley, Scott Quigley. And 
says how the board had to accept an offer. It's like, what board? <laughs> what board had to accept the offer? Um, yeah, it's, you know, I guess when we're so like focused in on Yeovil, any slip up about Yeovil that you see on the telly is like, fucking idiots. Yeah. <laughs> I think that the the fact that BT Sport regularly uh, can their highlights program to play uh, to do reruns of futsal probably tells you the level of effort that some people on BT Sport put into it. Although yeah, they paid the money for the rights, so give them some credit, I suppose. But unless you're into futsal, here's what I didn't realise that the commentators aren't actually there. Are they not? Nope. Uh, the the on pitch guys are there. Obviously, Matt Smith. Was it Kevin Davis? Kevin Davis, yeah, Kevin Davis and Aaron McLean, yeah. And the lady's name, who I've forgotten, sorry. Um, they were there, but Virgo wasn't there and whoever it was with him. John Champion? Not sure. Um, Somerton, somebody. Somerton, yeah, possibly. They're, oh, yes, the two Adams, isn't it? Um, they actually weren't there. Right. <laughs> I thought they might have been there, but yeah, they were clearly doing it off tube. Good. Yeah. Very <laughs> but yeah, um, as for whether or not the season is is over, it, it it feels like it didn't. I think it felt to me like I was in win them all territory. Um, <laughs> Fourteen points is a bit much, I think now, um, especially when you consider the runs of form that a couple of others are on above us: Southend, Torquay, Grimsby. Yeah. Notts County are all in are in great nick at the moment. And I think Dagenham lost at the weekend, and they said, "Oh, that's a playoff hopes over for Dagenham." So. <laughs> They're going to rub above us, so it must be. <laughs> They're only nine points off. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's um, it might be, it might be over. Well, that's us for the season. Then uh, yeah, join us in. Uh, <laughs> join us for our Somerset Premier Cup <laughs> semi-final special, live from Odd Down or Wells. The, what was uh, the? Oh. What was the? atmosphere like in the away end Dave at the you know in the second half and at the end like what was the feeling amongst supporters the feeling in the second half was getting increasingly colder because it was getting increasingly colder <laughs> um so yeah it just got it kind of got to the stage where oh can we just go home now please yeah uh, uh, and yeah at the end it was kind of like oh well we should have uh you know we should have we, we could have won that game, but we can't score a goal. It just felt all depressingly familiar. And I, I they, they mentioned at the end, um, every every game, well, the Eastley game and the Maidenhead game, um, I, I've, I've thought to myself, shall I just go? Shall I just leave? Shall I not clap? And every time I've, I've stood and clapped and, uh, and sometimes kind of wondered why, but... Um, because you know they haven't won any of those games, those th- three games that I mentioned there. But there is definitely you just, and the manager said it after the game about feeling angry and frustrated on behalf of the players, and and you do. There's 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 half of me that wants to feel angry and frustrated for them, and there's half of me that wants to feel angry and frustrated at them because yes, they they are trying hard, and you can definitely see the effort, but. Yeah, but sometimes you just think, oh, yeah, yeah, I know you're a professional footballer, isn't? <laughs> you know that 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 doesn't mean that you can suddenly uh, magic something up. And we did, we have always said that uh, if there's one thing that we ask for, it is effort. And there's no doubt, there's no doubt in my mind that they are they are putting the effort in. But 
how many times can we say, oh, we were unlucky. Oh, if we scored a goal, oh, we, you know, we, we've made a mistake and it's, it's cost us. It's just like, not just this season, last season as well, we were doing it. And we're, we're now at the end of February and our season's over and probably been over for a while now, but, but our season's definitely over now. So last season, we wrote off the, um, the season for, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of very good reasons for writing that season off and hoping that it never uh, never comes back again. And this season, we feel like we've, we we we're doing the same thing. And I'm sure we'll come on to the manager's comments on the off the field stuff as well. But it it does feel like we, we've made a rod for our own back. And I don't know how much all of that is really playing on people's minds, but it just feels like so much of the club is just paralysed by not being able to do things um, on and off the pitch as well. Um, and it's it's down to that in, interminable, okay, I used that word a couple of times, our Western Gazette column, interminable. I actually looked up uh, what it meant and it just means something that either goes on for a really long time or feels like it's going on for a really long time. And this takeover. This is a very accurate, very accurate. Interminable. That's that, that, the interminable takeover. That's what we'll call it. People have said that about this podcast, though. So, yeah, well, I think the last one, especially Friday. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Ian told us off for going over an hour and a half. (laughs) (laughs) I'd blame the the Chesterfield lads for Yeah, they weren't. People (laughs) liked the shambles the week before. That's true. They did. Yeah, you're right. Look, if I'm allowed to peel back the curtain, and may, I'm not entirely sure if I should say this, but I was waiting down to do post-match press and the players were coming out, getting ready to go to the bus. And genuinely, they all looked so gutted. They were all quiet. Heads were down. There were some big sighs, some big... Just that horrible, horrible feeling. Uh, Grant Smith, I think he stayed and chatted to... Scott Loach for a bit and just kind of I think he kind of made his very polite excuses and just said I'm, I'm going to get myself sorted and get ready and get going Darren Sal came out did the TV bit first then came to us and just before he went oh he just kind of went <laughs> just kind of went, right I'm ready let's go um, they 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 felt it I genuinely felt it there's no way they can all be actors there's no way they're all faking that not a chance no. um <laughs> Credit to the one or two who made time to stop and say hello to Sheridan and say hello to me. And uh, Lawson was one, Josh Thornton was one, Wilkinson was one. They're all good to, just to say, How are you doing, guys? You're right. Yeah, good to see you again. But th- that was quite solemn. That was quite downbeat. And they just kind of wanted to get away and get on the bus and get going. They're feeling it. They're definitely feeling it. Um, yeah. What, can, what else can I say? They are. They are genuinely feeling it. And what I've, what I felt from Luke Wilkinson's chat was that he was genuinely appreciative that 130 odd people not only had come, but had made the effort to stay because when that final whistle went, every one of them just head dropped, but then almost instantly just up and turned to the away fans and started going over to clap them because of that. Cause they knew they knew. Yeah. So just those little nuances. None of them are. None of them are acting. None of them are faking it. Not that we're suggesting that they were, but none of them. They all feel as angry and as frustrated and cheesed off about it as we do. I mean, it's frustrating for us, isn't it? Imagine how frustrating it is mm. if it as, as it's your job of like yeah, yeah. To, to to have like Groundhog Day pretty much. Yeah. 
I, I would say at that point, I think the 128 people, particularly those who travel a lot further than I did to get there, can probably feel more angry and frustrated than anyone. They paid to be there. Those players and their manager were paid to be there. It's their job to be there. And I'm not saying that they can't feel disappointed and they didn't and they're not genuinely sorry and all of that. But ultimately, it's the supporters that are the, the ones that are, you know, they are suffering the most, I think, because they they don't they don't have to be there. It's their their choice and their money and everything that there is to be there. And I know it was mentioned, and the manager mentioned it, and Wilkinson mentioned it, and and, and that's that that's great and good. But I, I, not any of those people. But there's people that have got to start taking these people's thoughts and lives into consideration as well. And I'm. I, <laughs> not de- desperately trying to get us towards the off the field stuff. I'm honestly, I'm not. But uh, for those people to travel all the way they did, Clevo lost his phone, left his phone in the toilet services, the services <laughs> in the toilets. Why did he have out? Let's not go into the hygienic reasons for uh, having your phone in the service uh, service towards. Um, he did get it. it- <laughs> No, come on. Let's not go there. Let's cut this. Cut this thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah. So you know, these people have suffered. <laughs> Ben's taking his headphones off now to laugh loudly. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Well, that stopped me in my tracks. I have to say. <laughs> there you go. But yes. Okay. Oh. Move it on. Sorry, people. Yeah. Ian, pick us back up. <laughs> Um, Clevo found his phone yes, on the way did. back, didn't he? Yep, someone had handed it in and it was in lost property. So there you go. Faith in humanity restored. I'm not having that. I'm not keeping this. It's in the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't literally in the toilet. No, no. I, yeah, I get just that. In the facilities at the time. But, but yeah. <laughs> do, do uh... we. Do we talk about what the manager said about the off the field stuff? Yeah, I think what you should. Ben, you were there, you heard it live in person. What, what was your take on it? The eyebrows rose mm-hmm. as if to go, Oh, he said it. <laughs> I wasn't expecting him to say it. Um, he kind of opened the door, and credit to Sheridan for kicking the door open and re asking and sort of going in again and going, You want to say those words again? And he did, he absolutely did. I think he's absolutely fair. I think he's absolutely right and absolutely fair. He talked about this group for the next 18 months, very deliberately for the next 18 months, and said, you know, let's let's keep this group together. Let's keep this group because we can all see how close we have been and what's needed. We all know, we all know what, what needs to happen to fix it. Take this team, take this 15, 16 players and add a goal scorer. We all know what happens. I'm telling you now, you add, well, take Kabongo Schmanga and stick him on this, on this team. We're where Chesterfield are. End of. End of. Needs to, we, need, we need a bit more depth in the squad as well, don't we? A few more options. Of course, but, of yeah, course we do. Pre- but yeah, in, terms of, in terms of numbers on a page, mm. take Kabongo Schmanga's goals out of Chesterfield and they've scored two more goals than us all season so it goes to say if you add that into our season we, we are where they are and you know for me that's that's it we've got a goalkeeper we can rely on 
We've got a very good defence. We always, always come back to it, but still 29 goals conceded all season. That's less than Notts County. It's less than Bromley. It's less than Grimsby. It's much less than Torquay. Much less than Dagenham. Very good defence. We've got a midfield we know we can base something around. I think we all agree. Josh Staunton, Dale Gorman, good, solid midfielders. We've got a bit of flair, a bit of excitement in Knowles and Wakefield. Also a bit of value, by the way, resale value in Knowles and Wakefield. If you add a bit of depth in, add a bit of quality, and you can find one or two others and stick a goal scorer on top, this team is good enough to go up. It comes to something when only uh, the bottom two have scored fewer goals than us. Yeah, but I'm nervous about how many Kings Lynn have now scored. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Even really... Weymouth has scored more goals than us. Yeah, I mean, if if Dover find a bit of a run, I mean... If Dover find a... Can't they be relegated next weekend, Dover? Can sure, they? I've read that somewhere, yeah. If older shot, go and get a win. Maybe, yeah. A couple Jeez. of results probably have to go the way, but... So, yeah. <laughs> something to aim for. Let's not be the lowest scorers in the league. Yeah, um, that's our goal. Yep. But yeah, that's basically, it. I agreed with everything you said. Absolutely word for word. And he said that the players are thinking about it now. The players are worrying about it. And do you know what? It's February. I kind of want to know where I'm working in July, in August. I'd like to know. I bet they do too. Because for them, they might have to up sticks, take family, girlfriends, yeah. have to move jobs, kids have to move schools, whatever it may be. They're real things. They're real human things now. So, yeah, we're not at a level where they're paid, you know, no. silly money and can do whatever. You know, this, no. this is these are like real people wages. <laughs> yeah, and so I think there's also a point now where I think it almost acted as a bit of acceptance from the manager that our season's over in terms of the playoffs, in terms of getting up. So. I think he wants the green light to start planning next season. He wants the green light to say, look, we can, we can mold this team. We can add to this team. We can do something with this team. I just need a, a bit of help and B the knowledge that I'm going to be the one doing it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And for me, it's, it's time now. It yeah. is time. And I'm trying to keep myself quite restrained because it would be very easy to get angry and demand and all the rest of it. But for the love of God, it has to be time now for everybody's sake, your sake, my sake. We need something to talk about in the next couple of weeks on the podcast, our sake. But for the human beings that are involved, that are busting their guts on the pitch, and for the human beings involved that are busting their guts up to Chesterfield when they could have been sat having a cup of tea and watching it on BT Sport, those are the people that matter. No one else. Absolutely no one else. And all those people back at base, all those people, you know, there's very few of them now, but all those people in the ticket office and the volunteers and all those kind of people, they yeah. deserve something as, uh, as well. And it, it, it kind of annoys me because I look at the, we've said so many times, haven't we, there's a very small group of people that can actually do something about this this takeover situation. We, uh, I heard a couple of people have said to me, um, well, no, we'll start with it with the obvious one. So, so Scott Preeson has spoken in his public statements about how much he loves the club and how he's fallen in love with Somerset and all of that. Not seeing any of that from your uh, actions here, uh, Scott. Um, we see, uh, you know, 
all we've really got to base our knowledge of Julian Jenkins on is what we've heard on one podcast and a little bit seems to be, uh, you know, talk about someone who, uh, you know, cares about the community and, and all that. On the face of it, are we really seeing that? don't know um i hear that glenn collis has got a real strong bond with the uh, with the players and the players really like him you know if, if he's got any sway over this what's he doing about it? you know if, if, if this situation helping the people he's got this really strong bond with from the outside looking in with no knowledge and let, let's be honest there's uh, the vast vast majority of people who involved in this situation don't have any other knowledge than what they see this looks like those parties of people who just couldn't give a toss about anybody else and, and I don't want to think that about all of them because I'm sure I'm sure in all and you know I'm not not here to stand up for Scott Priestnell but I'm sure even Scott Priestnell doesn't want you know people to to suffer at his hands but unfortunately any of those people are listening that's what's happening people are miserable and you uh, and and you are causing stress and I don't know misery it might be uh football's a game of uh football's life and death but um yeah yeah this is just something's gonna happen isn't it something's gonna happen i think up until saturday football was kind of a distraction yeah but i think now that I mean, I thought the season was over anyway, but I think now that it's that... Now Ben's in there, it's over. That's <laughs> yeah. it. That's the yeah. line we've drawn. Now, the, now the optimist has said that it's over. <laughs> um, and we're all on the same page now. Yeah. Um, you know, there is no football to distract us. It's literally a ticking clock. Yeah. Until the end of the season. And there's only one way to fix that. There's only one way to fix that, and that's to yeah. start the planning. One way or the other, by the way. Yeah. One way or the other, if someone wants to pipe their head up and say, we are going to do the takeover and I can reveal that Darren Sard is no longer going to be the manager. He's going to be relieved of his duties and we're going to bring in X, Y, Z. Okay. I won't like it. I'm Sarl in. I won't like it at all. But I will respect that somebody has made a decision and has got the forethought and the forward planning in motion. I won't like it because I want Darren Sard to be given another crack at this. Or you turn around and you start saying, okay, we have got an option on the contract of XYZ player. Could be any of them. Pick any of them at this point, apart from Addy. Any of them. <laughs> and announce it and say we've got it and it's done. Because now yeah. this is where you're going to have to start drip feeding people. Grains of hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and more, more so than that, more so than that, you turn around and you have to start thinking, okay, we can start releasing season ticket details. We can start releasing potential kit options we can start releasing plans for the future of what yeah. the stadium's going to do of what events we're going to hold of this that and the other when the glovers cast live show tickets are going to be on show on sale <laughs> things like that you can start announcing these things and start planning in you've got a legends game to fit in right put it in place get it set in stone you've got this that and the other you've got uh, whatever it may be but are we just going to just sleepwalk to Notts county now Play a game of football. I was going to get a train, but I can't speak. But then what? But then what? We play a game of football. We give everything, put a great shift in, win 1-0, lose 1-0, draw 1-0. Um, 
I then, like the way they didn't go over one, Matt. It was like, <laughs> we're not going to score more than one. The only way we score more than one is if someone bags an own goal. Um, and then what? We just we just ambled to Grimsby. Yeah. And what then? Done. Okay, we'll play a game of football, win 1-0, lose 1-0, draw 1-0. Okay, then what? Ambled to the next one, ambled to the next one. Then the Somerset Premier Cup kicks in and we all get excited again. Yeah. But then after that, we just wait for the final. It's this is this is all wasted time and wasted potential revenue. If you can announce something before, I guess, Grimsby, the next home game, and you turn around and say, it's all done, all sorted, lovely jubbly. You've still got a week to go to get your Grimsby tickets. The start of a new era and the start of planning for next season has begun. But yeah, I'm sat here thinking, nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to happen. We'll just kind of wait and sit and twiddle thumbs. And then the average, and then the gate at Grimsby will be 1,800 instead of 2,800. That means someone somewhere is basically giving up 1,000 lots of 20 quid. I'm just looking through our questions and <laughs> we are slowly going through answering Sorry. a lot of these, I think, without, um, without realising um, them. By the, a... here's, here's what I, I will say this on, on Darren Siles' comments. That is ballsy to say that. Of essentially your boss. <laughs> he's you basically, think, he's I mean, basically called his boss out. <laughs> what do we think there's, you know, is that relationship strained? Well, like... You know, it doesn't they, matter. They've no, I know, but they, you know, it feels like they've they've you know they've come in as powers, really, haven't they? Those two. Yeah. And yeah. then for it to reach this point, he's for either to, for him not, to refer to him as big man and not by his name. It's either not as either not being honest with him about what's going on or what's happening, or maybe you know who knows. Oh, who knows. Well, to segue into a question then, which is something like this, Stoney Palace Glover says, do you think Darren's mention of 18 months and keeping the squad together is him saying, I think we can do more, give us a chance, or do you think it's he's been given the nod of a further contract? Well, who's, who's, who's giving him the nod? Well, well I think, the I big think, man. <laughs> I think he's saying give him a chance yeah. to do more, more than anything. Um he obviously loves working with this group of players. We love watching these players. I think you know when they play well, they they're a great side. They just can't score a bloody goal. Right, it, it's been a it's a weird season, isn't it? Because it has been at points, it's been great to watch, and I've really enjoyed watching this team, and I've really enjoyed watching these players. And I can't remember wanting a group of players. That, to achieve more than this group because they I think it's because of the sorry to use a Darren Way term the adversity that they've been up against as a group we have like, literally overachieved by unity by the way <laughs> <laughs> you think we've overachieved or think we've achieved at where we should no Darren Sal says we're five places above where we should be all right. With half a squad. <laughs> it's, yeah, we probably have overachieved by unity. But we kept a dream as well until probably, for me, about <laughs> half, past seven, half past seven yesterday on the Saturday evening. Um, yeah. Um, 
I really do wish we were still in the FA Trophy at this point, by the way. Um, hey, we feel like, I feel like we've gone over this ground before. Yeah. I'm not in the business of calling anybody out. I'm not in the business of chucking people under buses, but there's absolutely no one coming out of this looking any good right now. And you I, don't want I, anyone... I, I've chucked someone under a bus. Well, I took them all under the bus. That's you it. did, yeah. Takeover's yeah. over because they've all gone under the bus. Yeah, so no one comes out of it looking good. Someone new is probably going to have to fight against the tide a little bit and answer some pretty awkward questions, possibly on a twice-weekly podcast going out to the vast majority of Yeovil Town fans. Um, if somebody new doesn't come in, somebody's staying, we're going to have this feeling all over again and it'll just be a case of, ugh. So... Yeah. It, you know, you need to, you need to start, we need to start thinking positively about from within. It's like, we've done our positive bit up until 7.30 yesterday evening. We've kept the flame, kept the flame burning. I someone think... else, someone else can have to take it on now. It's not doing it for us. Yeah. Um, another question from uh, Debs Curtis. How did Ben find seeing us lose in person or did it not count because he was on official business? Well, I've only been on official business, so unfortunately the official business line is not a get-out clause for yeah. me this season. I So, honestly, it really, really sucked. Full-time whistle went, and Sheridan clicks into this broadcast journo mode. She's hanging up the ISDN, she's getting the iPad ready, she's getting her questions, getting all sorted, and I'm just sat there, haunched over. I haven't even taken my headphones off. Just put the microphone down and I just sit there for about just maybe 20 seconds and just think that was really tough, really tough to take because of how good it was in the first half and how flat we were in the second. So, yeah, it sucked, Debs, to be honest with you. It absolutely sucked. And as a uh, fellow Pokemon goer, I didn't even get any good Pokemon around the ground. <laughs> but I do have a Chesterfield FC gift to send her next time I uh, have a, a, ch- uh, a chance to, to, to log in. I did get a gift, and I'll send that to her specifically. Okay. Um, Paddy Horsington, am I the only one slowly losing interest in this season? I think we may have answered that one already, Paddy. But uh, You yeah. aren't the first, Paddy. Yeah, you certainly, yeah, definitely. Paddy Yusuf was the first about six weeks ago. Oh, um, <clears throat> right. Before well, the, the business of throwing people under the bus. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, another one from Paddy uh, on a bit of a lighter note. On BT Sport, Adam Virgo said he still uses a dentist based in Yeovil. Are there any other ex-players with unusual links to the town? I seem to remember one player still owning a flat and another's child still lives in the town. Stephen Colker's kids, local. Really? Is that what, so. is that the child? Well, that might be the child that he is referring to. Possibly. Um, Darren Betcher's still around. Yeah. There you go. There you um, go. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. You know. And obviously, you know, Crits, Roy O'Brien. Yeah. Um, um, a lot of that I, era of setup base. I, I imagine Don the dentist does quite a few of the players, old and new. <laughs> Imagine that's not exclusive to Adam Berger. I imagine it's not a private deal. Um, if you're looking for quirky ones, it probably is a private deal. Oh uh, yeah, probably. Um, if you're looking <laughs> for quirky ones, Adam Welsh's wife, her midwife was my mum. Andy Welsh or Adam Welsh? What did I say? Adam. Oh, I meant Andy. <laughs> Andy. So Andy Welsh's. Friend. Andy Welsh's wife. wife worked with my mum as well. There you go. Is your mum my mum? 
<laughs> Wait a sec, let's not go into that. We'll go into some dinner. Dinner's ready, Ben. <laughs> yeah. It's on the table. Um, Can we ask Barry Spiller's question? I can't see Barry Spiller's question. Where's that? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, uh, I've got it. Matt Worthington, nailed on. Nailed on starter or decent squad player. And has he done enough over the last three and a half seasons to get another contract? Ian Perkins takes long. It's what? Ian Perkins, this is yours. You ask for it, you answer it. <laughs> uh, I think Matt Worthington is a decent squad player. And I'm not sure he will ever be any more than that for us. Um, he might be for, might be under a different manager, might be at a different club. But I mean, three and a half seasons, and I kind of feel like he's the same player he was when he joined us really doesn't influence games going forward had a perfect opportunity this season to show that he's you know more than a sideways passing midfield player and i'm not sure he's done that yeah. he doesn't he doesn't grab he doesn't grab a game in the way that i think he should do really he's come from bournemouth like he's come from their academy at the top of the you know, top of the divisions and yeah, I, I don't know. I think he's, I think he's a four out of seven player. That's yeah. pretty good. All right. All right. But, but, but not better yeah. than all right. And yeah. it's a shame because in the summer we were talking about this being Worthington season, weren't we? Carl Dickinson was talking about at the end of last season, wasn't he? About how Matt Worthington could be a really influential, influential player. And I know he got sent off in that first game and then his, his season started off a bit wobbly, but no, uh, for, for, for me, I'd, I'd agree. I don't think he's anything more than um, a good score player, you know, industrious, Covers the uh, covers the blades of grass and all of that, but I can run around a lot. If you want, if you want somebody who runs around a lot, <laughs> I, I think, can run around a lot. I think I think Staunton had his, his you know his worst game that I've seen him have for us, and I don't think he, he didn't do anything obviously bad. I didn't think there was a couple of moments where he lost the ball, but I think it showed how much he misses Dale Gorman next to him, and. I've said it before that I think Del Gorman is the type of player that when he's not in the team will miss what he does. And I think we did yesterday. I don't know about Maidenhead, um, but I thought we did yesterday. Yeah, we did lose a bit of a midfield battle with Maidenhead as well, I think. Yeah, Tom Wheaton had far too much time in the first half that Dale Gorman wouldn't have given him. Yeah. Um, did, did Whelan play against Eastleigh? Yeah, yeah. Played played for against... Eastleigh. Yeah, 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 yeah. He did, yeah. 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 So it's the third time we faced him. Was yeah. he? Um, I thought you know I thought he looked all right. He had a couple of decent touches, didn't he? But was he? When he was yeah. playing for Eastleigh, I don't think he got on the ball quite as much as he did. Uh, I think he was playing in a more forward position for Eastleigh, whereas yeah. there he was like right bang in the middle of the park, wasn't he? So he saw a lot more of the ball and he was able to do a lot more with the ball, I think. Uh, and he was obviously surrounded by better players than he was at Eastleigh. So, um, so yeah. yeah, I think he had he had one decent shot at, at, at East. Well, I say one decent shot. He went way over the bar, if I remember rightly. But he had one sort of like sight of goal whereas I think he had a couple didn't he um, 
Well, he had his one that went towards the corner flag, didn't he, at one point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ben, have you got a take on Worthy? Um, I think he looks very good when we look very good, and I'm not yet convinced if that's the other way around. I'm not sure if we yeah, look good when he He's making us good. Yeah, I like him. I would sooner have him in a squad than not have him in a squad. But in a slightly bigger squad, his game time would probably be closer to Alex Bradley's. Mm. Um, and that's a bit of a shame because I think he could have grabbed this season by the scruff of the neck. And if he leaves, for whatever reason, absolutely nailed on that he goes and has a worldie for someone else for a couple of seasons, a la Tom, Will- Tom Whelan. He's, he's clearly a very, very, very good footballer. Whether we're not playing to his absolute strength, maybe the tactics aren't working, maybe he's not quite had the consistency or the run in the side. I don't know, but... I think in three and a half seasons, he's had enough opportunities to show what he's about. Yeah, yeah. And, I and can remember... The manager talks about him constantly, doesn't he? Matthew and uh, everything he's about. Sorry, you know. I can remember one game... I can't remember who it was against. It was in the in Darren Soul's first season. I'm going to go back, and I think I think Worthy scored in that game. Um, and it was one game where I thought, if he plays like this every game, he's going to be a Some great 20. player. Yeah, like <laughs> if he's going, if if he can grow like from this performance and do more of this, then he's going to be brilliant. But he just never. Did and then the season got cut short because it was the old COVID season, um, and that was it. And yeah, it just I... felt like that was a real sort of uh, that was a real like turning point. I think he could have been um, if, if he'd followed up that performance. I think he could have been great. I'm going to try and find this game now while you yeah, talk amongst yourself. Dave will tell you I once said that about Anthony Edgar. So. The puppeteer, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever happened to him? I have no idea, but that was a bloody good performance away at Preston. It was. It was. He was outstanding. Yeah. yeah. He didn't have too many outstanding games. No, was, that, was, that was it. Uh, um, uh, we've got some other questions. I mean, some of them are quite, we probably answered. James Drew is our season over, question mark. What now for YTFC and the squad, question mark? Here's a, here's a question off the back of that. Then. Do we move the Bromley game? to allow for the Somerset Premier Cup semi-final or the other way around? Because they're going to clash that midweek. They're both supposed to be the other way. Surely the SPC now becomes the priority. You can sack Bromley off. We'll play you on a random Thursday and stick the kids out. <laughs> I'm just doing something when we're prioritising the County Cup over, uh, uh, yeah, over a league game, doesn't it? But County Cup might be a more lucrative fixture as well. <laughs> More people are going to turn up for Wells or Odd Down, are they? <laughs> yeah, I remember we used to play Odd Down in the reserve when we had a reserve team. Yeah. Bristol Manor Farm. Brislington. Yeah. <laughs> oh, great. Arthur Appleton used to play up front for the reserves oh, and he used oh. to score all the time. What a baller he was, Arthur Appleton. Let's <laughs> get him back. Let's get him, Forrington. Right. Um, Soylent Green. Uh, is this the longest takeover in football history? Probably never destined to happen. If not, what now for YTFC? If so, what now for YTFC? If So I think he's saying if it doesn't happen, what happens for YTFC? If it doesn't happen for YTFC, the current owner remains the current owner. 
and he unveils his big exciting plans for the future of the club that he told us about 11 weeks ago today can you, can you imagine having to having to suddenly come back and play football owner after saying nothing for the whole season i would <laughs> that bank on scott Priestnell being the man who's got the temerity to do that yeah, yeah. <laughs> if anyone right. has just having a break that year just... yeah exactly. <laughs> gap, gap yeah yeah <laughs> Scotty's been to Thailand. He's really found himself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, we can end with one from Clevo. um, Did he he type it on his phone? He he did. So I hope he sterilised the phone before he did. Um, Is being an early team becoming very tiresome? Yes, I think we've answered that one. Yes, it is. Hypothetically, if a if in charge, would you offer Sal a new contract given recent form? One winning 10 or 11 um, doesn't tell the whole story, in my opinion. Plus, which players would you like to retain ideally for next season? Seems like a good one to end on. Yes to a new contract, all of them bar Adidas. <laughs> all of them. Yep. Coatsy. Um, I, based on what I think the other options are out there, as in what other managers there are out there who would be available, I, I would give Sal a new contract. The only caveat we'll put on that is that if there is a takeover and if this group has somebody in mind that they want to bring in, and if they think that person is better than, um, than Darren Sal, I'd say, don't know. Yeah, uh, the, 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 the record, Clevo's right, the record doesn't tell the whole story. But we said that last season as well. And um, and it's only really the season before that was, um, uh, you know, cut short that we got to the playoffs, doesn't it? I, I'm, I'm still a silent person. I, I don't think that he should, he, he should go. I think it, it, it would depend on, on who the options are. But if you were forcing me for an answer, I would say give him a new contract, yeah. I said at the start of the season, all I wanted him to have was a fair crack at it. Yeah. He hasn't had it. He hasn't had it. He's had his hands tied. He still deserves that fair crack at it. Even if that's just one season, even if it's just an 18-month thing, where we just say, okay, you got to the end of next season. And if at the middle of next season it isn't working and he's had a genuine fair crack at it, fine. We'll start talking about replacements. We'll start talking about other things. He deserves yeah. a fair crack. I mean, g- g- given what he had at the start of the season and what he's put together, he has, as we said before, overachieved, isn't he, with the with the players that he's got? Because I think he said it quite nicely. He said we're working with less than we've ever had, and we're putting more in than we've ever done, or something like that. Which is fair assessment, I would say. But yeah, unfortunately, you know, if it is a results business, then. The results don't look that good, but no, I I would say I would give him a new contract. Ian, at this point, I am so fatigued <laughs> with everything. Yeah, but I would flip a coin and let a coin decide. Yeah, fine either way. I'm fine either way with it. Yeah, he deserves a chance and can have another go. At the same time, it's been three years. It's a long time for a football manager to stay at a club these days. Yeah, but I, I, I don't. I, I'd, I'd like for him to stay. 
And I wouldn't be against him going. I'm literally, I'm going to take a Ben position on the fence here. Sorry, Ben. <laughs> Are you going to give him grief for that, Dave, or not? You're going to give him, you're going to. I mean, no, I don't. Fine, I'll, no, I'll, no, give him, no, I'll give him. I'll give him. I'll give him a pair of tweezers <laughs> and make him turn his camera off no, and no, he can no, do no. whatever he needs to to get the splinters <laughs> no, out. It's fine. I, I'm. <laughs> this is this is really weird, but I'm starting to see the parallels with what my wife's going through at the moment with Bielsa, where. Leeds are in shocking form, really shocking form. But I see what Bielsa did to this city that I call home and did to the people. And I think given the chance, Saar has done a lot of very good things to bring fan bases back and put a team together that has been as successful as it could be in that first season. And then circumstances beyond his control have taken the other two seasons out of his hand. And I think people wanted... I think Leeds fans wanted Bielsa to give him the chance to prove himself, whether it be just the end of this current season and try and keep Leeds up. All I want is Darren Sargent to have a fair opportunity at proving himself because I think he has done so much good that that's the least he deserves. And I wanted it at the start of the season. I don't think he's got it. I think it's the least he deserves. I mean, that first season, it, 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 there's no denying that he was backed by the parachute payments that we had. He was backed in that first season. And he got us to the playoffs. Yeah. So that that to me, if 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 I had to pick a season of the of the three, uh, you know, that he's had, that you thought, well, that's where he's had the best crack at it. That would be it, wouldn't it? That first season, which I know you finished early, um, and we had we were in slightly rope. Well, I don't know. We, we felt like we were slightly coming back from ropey form at that at the point that the season ended, didn't we? But that was the one season where you felt like. But he's essentially now got a four-month preseason. Green light him now. So you've got to the end of next season. He can start putting the plans in place. He can get Josh Daunton, new deal. Luke Wilkinson, Grant Smith, new deal. He can say to Ben Barkley, you're coming back next season, coming back permanently. He can say to Sonny Blue Everton, go away in the summer, come back on loan again, bulk up, do this, do that. You can literally pick the entire squad up apart from Adam Yusuf, and put them back in, add a few other bits and pieces in, and he's got that crack. He can have that start of next season right now. Here's a hypothetical. If, if they say they don't want him as manager, mm-hmm. but they say he can have to the end of the season. Who say? The big men. The big <laughs> men. All of the men. Would you rather him have the season to see out or would you rather we get rid and bring in the person who's going to I would like to know who the person who is coming in would be and for them to have access on the squad I have no problem with him working his contract he's legally obliged to <laughs> Same part, some part of me thinks he probably deserves a couple of months off on full pay though to be fair So, um, but if they made a decision I would respect it because that's anyone's prerogative when they own a football club. Um, and because you don't have any say in it whatsoever, do we? No, but like I wouldn't be I wouldn't be up in arms about it. I wouldn't yeah. be, you know, boycotting over it or anything like that. I would respect it because they're making a decision that they think is right in the long term. I would disagree with it, but I would back it and support it because it in theory it comes with all these other things of actually making the football club sufficient and making the football club community based and blah 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 blah. so the whole package is part of it 
um, I wouldn't want him to be sacked now and just left and it's just given to Charlie Lee or given to a senior squad member just to kind of see it through. I wouldn't want anything like that. That would be utterly ridiculous. Give it Charlie Wakefield to the end of the season. Yeah, yeah, fine. <laughs> fine, yeah. Um, so if somebody new was to come in, I would respect that. And I would hope that they have the access to make the squad decisions that they would want to make. Yeah. But big I'm men, Salin. it's over I'm to Salin. you. I'm Salin, yeah. so. Yeah, come on, big men. Big men. Ben just wants to keep going to the gaffer's presser. The gaffer's presser. <laughs> but, uh, do you know what? Even, even then, like, I know I uh, joke about it. How many other managers would accept a podcast onto their press conferences, asking pokey questions, getting a bit, hang on a minute, do you want to ask this question? Do you want to ask? He's probably grateful just to have some bloody questions, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I reckon, I reckon they're just keeping it there now because Ben hadn't been for the last couple of weeks and they're yeah. just like, keep it this time. He can't yeah. come. <laughs> I'm joking. No, it's I'm not. joking. I think he, I, he seems to be quite engaged with your line of questioning. Can I ask one last hypothetical? <laughs> Can I ask one last hypothetical question, just to Ben? Yeah. What would happen in your house if Bielsa took over at Yeovil? Jeez. Can, <laughs> have, can I have Marcello Bielsa as director of football above Darren Sarr? Can I have that? That is d bloody beautiful. We'd, I bet we'd win the Somerset Premier Cup if that. Damn frigging right we would. <laughs> we'd run all down into the ground. Yeah. He'd be there screaming at the sideline, wouldn't he? <laughs> yeah. would, would he have that little call box that he sits on, but in the director's box, yep. do you think? Yeah. Yep. And he'd be sat there hunched over it. Yep. Take out a seat just to leave a, yeah. a bucket call box there. Hmm. Well, that'd be good. I'd like to see some murals painted around the town. because Yeah. yeah. We ain't got any of that. Darren Sarl hasn't inspired any murals to be painted. Let me tell you that, Ben. <laughs> the Oval is still a shit hole. And Frankie and Benny's is closed. And Frankie and Benny's. <laughs> yeah. I'm to correct the record. Yeah. <laughs> right, let's call it. This is, I think so. this is long. <laughs> Cheers, everyone. Bye. Thank you. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard. Making Forrest backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. 
And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.